Hello, this is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the role of Wi-Fi in the Internet of Things and the opportunities it enables for the smart home. We're especially going to focus on Wi-Fi 6 once again. And joining us today, I'm delighted to welcome James Chen. He is Associate Vice President for Product Marketing at MediaTek. James, welcome to The Signal. Hello, Martha. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, we're very excited. This is such an important topic. We've heard so much lately about smart home in particular and managing more and more devices in our homes. And I think that there is definitely a need for standards to regulate network congestion, interoperability standards are important, and with Wi-Fi 6, it's becoming even more so. So what can you tell us about what you're seeing in this area? Well, definitely we're seeing a lot of growth, but first of all, let me just clarify what I mean by that. Definitely the pandemic has spurred a lot of purchases as we all have personally experienced buying things that are connected to, for example, our home Wi-Fi network. So at MediaTek, we, for example, have seen an uptick of connected exercise equipment so you'll find a lot of MediaTek Wi-Fi 6 solutions and some of the top name brands like e-bikes or these rowers now that are out there or exercise mirrors. We also see a lot of devices, appliances like an oven or a refrigerator that are now connected. So it's finally happening. So that's the good stuff. I think we still see a lot of challenges with interoperability, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit later on in the home. And we'd like to obviously spend some time to talk about that. Yeah. So when you say it's finally happening, obviously you see a demand from manufacturers to put your chips into these solutions. And do you have any insight into whether the connectivity is a driver of sales or is it just the manufacturers want it, they're putting it in there and they're hoping that people start to value it and use it down the road? Or do you think people are already paying extra for that connectivity? Well, I think great question. I think it depends on the type of product you're looking at. Obviously, an exercise bike needs to get connected for you to get what you need to get. And the other connectivity, such as appliances, I think those are for the future. They're anticipating a future of the home, of the automated home or the automated smart home, if you will. And so a lot of them are put in as to anticipate a future wave of future applications that will come in. So it really depends on the market segment, but I think most, I would say premium devices, usually just come with connectivity now. So that's good news. That's a good news coming our way. And from your perspective at MediaTek, are the solutions that you're putting into these devices fairly consistent across device categories, or would we see something different in a home appliance versus maybe an exercise machine? Great question again. So they're different. So for example, we get requests, for example, pure Wi-Fi. Hey, give me a one by one Wi-Fi 6 and no problem, we'll put it in. Other Internet Things devices are a little more complex because they have to interoperate with other connectivity technologies outside of Wi-Fi. I think that's really in an industry, I would say somewhat of a conundrum now. So we see a request for, for example, three radios and a chip, not just Wi-Fi 6, but also Bluetooth as well as Zigbee. Really? Yes. So an IoT, and I hope we will have a chance to talk about it, 
in the internet world, in the IoT world, is a little bit different from the home networking world. In the home networking world, we're pretty much standardized on Wi-Fi. We have been for the last 20 some odd years. Your gateway, your phone, they talk via Wi-Fi. The laptop I'm using for this recording, Wi-Fi. But when it comes to the Internet of Things, we wish it was Wi-Fi. I think there's a lot of people in the industry wish it was just Wi-Fi. But the reality is you have Zigbee, you have Bluetooth. These are all embedded in many, many devices. You have Z-Wave and they're not going away. So when you want to talk about Internet of Things in the smart home, you have to contend with not just Wi-Fi. You have to contend with all these other technologies. And I may add maybe perhaps a fifth, which is the Wi-Fi Alliance's own Halo. So there's a lot of things going on in the Internet of Things these days. So that kind of gets to the question of standards and interoperability. What's going on to make it easier for these devices to interoperate and for consumers to manage all these different protocols within their own homes? Yeah, I would say it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. I would say, let's suppose I'll compare it to home networking. Let's suppose the gateway you had today didn't just have Wi-Fi, it had another standard. In fact, this actually happened about 25 years ago. There was a competing standard to Wi-Fi called Hyperland. It was from Europe, from Etsy, but it went away. But imagine if it didn't. So inside every laptop, every gateway, every phone, you would need to probably have two versions of Wi-Fi. One is IEEE's Wi-Fi, another version would be Hyperland. Well, we don't have that today, so it's simplified. But in Internet of Things, we have at least three, four, possibly future in the fifth technology. So in terms of interoperability at Mediatek, we solve it on two levels. Obviously, on the chipset level, we say down on the metal, even though there's no metal, it's just silicon, but you know, down on the metal, we have to embed various radios, types of radios into one chip. Like I mentioned, so we introduced a chip last November called Phylogic 310. First chip in the world to embed Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Zigbee, all together in a chip with a microprocessor inside dedicated for the Internet of Things in the home. The other thing we're trying to do is work with industry leaders to solve the interoperability and usability from the end user perspective at the application level. So things like Thread, or more importantly these days, everybody's talking about, and excuse the pun, what matters is matter. So there's matter to try to link up all the different ecosystems, if you will, between all the giant tech heavyweights, and I think I don't have to list those. So the industry is really trying, but if you look back from just the high level, really we're not there. And it's because of the complications of Internet of Things, unlike networking, which is just everything's Wi-Fi. It's really simple. Okay. So, James, let's talk a little bit about the devices that people are using most in their home now and the ones that they most need connectivity for. I'm guessing that COVID has impacted that. A lot of people, I think, are getting home exercise equipment and tracking their health with wearable devices that are connected. So what have you seen in terms of how that's changed the demand for Wi-Fi solutions within the products that you deliver the metal for? Yeah, well, I can just speak from personal experience. We now exercise at home more. And in addition to that, we cook at home more. So I think you'll see that the bearing out. So we've seen, for example, in the last two years, traction not only for our Internet of Things connectivity solutions and exercise equipment, but things that have to revolve around the kitchen. So we've seen uptick in connected ovens. So for example, we're designing to the June oven. It's connected various cooking and Y appliances from Panasonic. The various refrigerators are also hooked up and connect Phylogic connectivity solutions. 
So I would say in the home, these are the two areas where we see a lot of uptick in terms of connectivity during the pandemic. Now, does the average consumers worry at all about security implications with having all their devices connected this way, or most people don't think about that? I think definitely a certain portion of them do, but if they don't, obviously security, no matter if it's the Internet of Things, just anything that's connected these days, I think should be a concern. I think the issue around the Internet of Things is that there's just no ready interface like you have on a keyboard and a laptop or whatever touch device that you're using, whether it be a tablet or a smartphone. You can't really get into the settings menu like in an oven so i think people are a little bit queasy about oh my gosh if something happens how do i even do something to it it's not intuitively obvious but from a protocol level chip level security level we should all be concerned but it doesn't matter what kind of end device you have but i think that's where some of the uneasiness comes from the other part is these are still in part somewhat new a connected refrigerator it's somewhat new And so people don't understand necessarily how is that device going to make them vulnerable. Is it less vulnerable or more vulnerable? People don't have a feel for it. But whereas a laptop or a phone, we do have a feel because we've been using the devices literally at our fingertips for the last, I don't know, 15 years for a smartphone and obviously much longer than that for a laptop. Right. And what does the industry need to be doing to enhance capabilities in Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E? to make sure that security does not become a concern more than it is? Well, I think a lot of the security has to, obviously, if we're talking Wi-Fi, it has to obviously evolve with the evolving and subtle improvements of WPA. So making sure all the latest devices, internet devices, support the latest version. If not, the devices themselves have to be on a path or capability-wise be able to be upgraded down the road to be able to support the latest versions, for example, WPA3 or and beyond. And that's always a challenge because as chipset makers, we put things down in hardware and sometimes that's very hard to change with firmware because it's set in stone. But I would say for Wi-Fi, that's the underlying thing. Ideally, you need to have a security mechanism where people feel safe and don't have to think about it. That's the ultimate level of comfort. If people still have to think about it, we really haven't done our jobs. So I would say for us, being able to support future upgradability to future WPA standards is paramount. Now, do you work a lot with other companies in the industry on these issues? Well, at Minatech, we work in general, actually, surprisingly, especially with new technologies with Wi-Fi Alliance quite a bit. And through Wi-Fi Alliance, we do work with even our competitors because As much as we like it, the world is not all running on our PhyLogic Wi-Fi solutions. So we do reach out with our competitors through WFA and sometimes even outside of WFA just to make sure our products and solutions interoperate successfully at a high level with those competitors. Okay, so for those of us that are trying to manage smart devices in our supposedly smart homes, a lot of us are running into interoperability issues trying to figure out what works with what, what talks with what, and what's the right device to control all or part of our smart home. Where do you see all that going in the next couple of years, James? That's a great question, and we can probably spend a lot of time just talking about it. <laughs> Maybe another future podcast, Martha. But to answer your question, at MediaTek, I don't think we can solve the issue by ourselves, to be very honest. I think this is an industry-level effort. What we can do is what I've said before, is on the silicon side, try to integrate and support as many connectivity standards as we can. For example, the 3-in-1 chip I mentioned a little bit earlier. 
But what we really like to see is maybe the industry or even on the Wi-Fi alliance level, particularly, maybe establish some guidelines or profiles or even a new certification profile that exclusively targets Internet of Things. Because I think that will go a long way into simplifying some of the end user issues. For example, WFA can say, look, I'm just going to have a profile and it's just going to be for Wi-Fi and Internet of Things. But it's not focused on speed. It's focused on connectivity. But most importantly, it's focused just on Wi-Fi. And I think if there's a logo program on that, that will really simplify the end user experience. It will simplify for chipset makers and software developers alike as well, because we focus on one thing. I think in short, in the home, you really need it because a lot of home users are not savvy. Outside the home is another issue, but definitely in the home. So we'll do what we can do and we'll continue to do it. But I think WFA has a really important role here to look at not just the high-speed stuff like Wi-Fi 5, 6, 6E, and future stuff like Wi-Fi 7, but maybe go below, go into the lower speed stuff, Internet of Things and interoperability, maybe establish some program like that. So do you see any hurdles or impediments to WFA moving forward with that? Well, I think it's really up to the WFA board to consider this. I know I'm not the only one thinking this way. I'm sure they understand the need. So hopefully to look at this and maybe do something about it in the near future. All right, last question. What's the smart home device that you're most excited about over the next 12 to 18 months? Well, for me, I'm a pretty avid tennis player. So uh, I wouldn't mind something attaching to my tennis racket. Oh, I like that. That really tells me how well I'm doing. I know people have tried in the past, but it wasn't very successful. But for me, that would be really great. Kind of lends a whole new bar to the idea of rugged device, (laughs) smashing it with a tennis racket. How did you know how I played, Martha? Hmm, That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Just a guess. Lucky guess. All right. Dr. James Chen, Associate Vice President of Product Marketing at MediaTek. Thank you so much for joining us on The Signal today. Thank you. And that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, for all things Wi-Fi Alliance related, check out y-fi.org. That's wifi.org. And you can check the show notes for any of the resources we discussed today on the show. I'm Martha DeGrasse. Thank you again for listening to The Signal and join us again next time. 